Good morning, and welcome to Church Matters. My name is Janet Plennert. Church Matters is a place where we ask questions about the life of the church, at home, across the street, and around the world. And my name is Dan Dick. I'll be hosting Church Matters together with Janet. We're going to have a great time bringing you stories about why being the church together makes a difference in the world. Church Matters is brought to you by Mennonite Church Canada. Today's guest is David Neufeld. David is a representative of the Mennonite Creation Care Network. He has a PhD in environmental planning, and he works for the province in the area of land use planning. Dave, you spend a lot of time thinking about creation, about the environment. Tell us about the biblical case for creation care. The thing that comes to mind with most people is Genesis. At every stage of the process, God says it's good, at every stage, and, and it is still good. The Psalms is just full of praise for God and his creation and what he's done in creation. And it's even a reciprocal thing where uh, in some of the Psalms, and Psalms 104 is probably the best example, where you have creation even celebrating God. Christ called a simplicity, uh, his reference to how God clothes the lilies of the field and, and feeds the sparrow. A lot of those issues are really bound up in how we treat each other and also how we treat the environment. So I don't think you have to look too far. But it doesn't say anywhere, thou shalt not pollute the air. I think that's right, and, and that's maybe what is the challenge for us, you know, as, as uh, caring Christians. We have to look at the Scripture and say, what does it mean to us now and in our day? But, but I will say, you know, there are uh, many stories, certainly in the Old Testament, where the welfare and the, the well-being of the people of God are tied up inexplicably with the welfare of the land. I mean, in Isaiah, it talks about that, where essentially the earth itself withers and mourns because the people of God have broken the covenant. So there are relationships there where when we get out of relationship with God, often there's a reflection in, in, in the land itself. Why should the whole body of Christ care about creation? It's the mandate of the church. I think we're there to be salt and light. You know, it's about right teaching and, and, and right practice. There's something that Walter Clausen once wrote that I I came across this week. And Walter Clausen is certainly one of my uh, former professors who taught uh, for many years at Conor Grable College. And he also was one of the authors of a book that uh, was put together uh, recently um, called Creation and the Environment. He says, The personal is, by definition, part of the greater whole of the human community, and for Mennonites especially, part of the church. The community of the church is where we hear the gospel. It's the laboratory in which we learn to trust and love and where we become aware that we are part of a movement across time and space, called and dedicated to the ministry of reconciliation, which now means the reconciling not only of human enemies, but equally of the human and the non-human creation. So I, I see this very much as part of just our call to faithfulness. What role can or should the church actually play in creation care? Certainly at the congregational level, there's there's tremendous amount of things that congregations could do. And again, in the context of the church being something that should be the salt and, and the light. Why don't you give us some examples of that? You know, the first thing we think of when we think of church is worship. So in terms of worship, part of it could be celebrating this world that God's created, celebrating our role in, in tending that garden. Ed, education is a big part of the church, educating ourselves about, you know, the issues around us and 
This can even take the form of things like field trips or exposing ourselves to both positive and negative signs around us of how the earth is doing. There's other things. Um, uh, I've heard of simplicity groups, which essentially is, you know, groups of people in individual churches who sit down and say, how can we kind of reduce our own ecological footprint? I've heard of congregations that have K-groups that get together and they have potlucks that are made up of food that's grown within 100 miles of their church. I've, I've even read of churches that have instituted environmental tithing, which is kind of neat. It's a voluntary thing where you give up an additional 10% of your energy bill towards environmental stewardship. What difference does it make to eat food that's grown with only within a 100-mile radius? You know, each of us as individuals, households, congregations really has an environmental footprint. So when we buy a, a cheap banana in the grocery store, it's not only the price we pay, but everything that's hidden. And so this idea of the 100-mile meal um, says, you know what, if we're able to find products that are grown in our community, there'll be that fewer gas miles with trucking this product. So it's a sustainability issue. Dave, when you talk about buying food locally, I'm also aware that there's people in Colombia who will say to us, please buy our flowers. Now, when we think about a 100-mile radius question, that would seem to be very inefficient to buy Colombian flowers, and it would seem to make a negative mark on the global footprint. Yet, there are those in other countries who plead with us to indeed buy their products because it supports their industry. Living in the prairies, of course, we know that we, we don't have fresh produce all year round. So we are going to inevitably supplement our diet with things from other countries. But then you get into fair trade issues so that, you know, the products that we want to buy uh, should be ones that are raised sustainably in those communities too. And so the farmers actually benefit. So the fair trade component would be a part of what you understand to be creation care? The, the well-being of our human family is tied up in the well-being of the entire earth. And, and it, you can't really separate the two. Very often, it's the poor and the folks that are downtrodden. They're the ones that often suffer the first and the most from environmental degradation. Being concerned about the environment also means being concerned about your neighbor. It's not, it's not one or the other at all. Dave, you're being very kind and gentle in your responses, and I'd like to ask you, uh, do you think the church actually has um, something strong or perhaps a responsibility about creation care? Well, I think it's it's tied into our commitment as a peace church. Um, let's be fair, the church has a lot of catching up to do in this area. One of my agendas as being part of this Mennonite Creation Care Network is to find out more about what the good things are that's going on. Um, we know in terms of denominations, certainly the Presbyterians, the United Church, even the Brethren of Christ in the States have done a tremendous amount of thinking about this, the Christian Reformed Church. So we have a lot of groups that have, uh, church groups that have, have sort of set back and said, what's our mandate? But there's a lot of Mennonites who've written on the environment as well. Mennonites are typically known as being a little bit on the frugal side or living more with less, and yet you're saying we're not at the forefront of this issue. As Mennonites, we have certainly a legacy that we can build on, and uh, certainly our more with less tradition, uh, more with less cookbook. That's a, something that I think we can build on as a church. And it, it's certainly something that other denominations, in a sense, have now adopted, the stewardship language. There are all kinds of things we can do to be more faithful as households and as, and as churches. And, and that has to do with things like supporting carpooling to church, people taking public transit to church when they can, walking and biking. I mean, there's a lot of things each congregation can do, I think. There is an opportunity and need perhaps to do a bit of homework. Part of that is just seeing what commitments have we made in the past? 
you know, I've dug into some of the files, and I found the earliest statement we made as a church was in 1977 on energy and the need to conserve energy. That statement is still relevant today. How can we close the gap then between what we've said, our statements, and our practice? I'm convinced there are good things happening. And part of the reason why this Mennonite Creation Care Network was formed, it's a network for people and agencies actively working at creation care issues. And it's kind of an organic idea where it's going to grow over time, but we want to find out who's doing what and support them, find out what their needs are, and help them be better environmental stewards. David, I'm wondering if if you're hopeful about the future. Humans tend to dig in really deep holes for themselves and then do their darndest to, to dig themselves out of the hole. I mean, you can see that in the biblical record, but also in terms of just society. I mean, we have really turned things around as a as a society in some areas. Again, if you if you look for it, uh, certainly in terms of things like waste generation. And interestingly enough, I know in Ontario, and I think in Edmonton, for example, as well, MCC and local churches were the first ones to organize the Blue Box program. In Manitoba, for example, 70% of all recyclables are actually captured. Manitoba has eliminated uh, landfilling of used tires. And you know, 80% of used oil in Manitoba is recycled. I'm positive, but I think we do have some heavy lifting to do. Dave, what advice would you give to church leaders and to our congregations? First of all, spend a bit of time thinking about it, talking about it, praying about the issues, and then sit down and say, okay, what, what can we accomplish here in our church? You know, the low-hanging fruit is there in terms of things like making your building more energy efficient. And are there some theological hurdles we have to overcome? I'm not sure what they are, but there could be some things that are holding some congregations back. And that's where leadership comes in, I think. So what's the first thing that you're encouraging your congregation to do? Well, one of the things our local congregation does, which I think is terrific, is we're supporting local inner-city gardening. That's another example of where there's an ecological component and there's a justice component. And that's something I'd like to see us build on. David, where can people go to get more information about the Mennonite Creation Care Network? Well, we do have a website, menocreationcare.org. That's one word, menocreationcare.org. That's great, David. I want to thank you very much for uh, being with us this morning. And thanks for talking to us about the church and the environment. Well, thanks very much for inviting me. Our time is up for today. This broadcast and many other helpful resources are available on the Mennonite Church Canada website at www.mennonitechurch.ca. You're also welcome to call our Resource Centre for additional help in finding books, videos, and more. Dial 1-866-888-6785. We invite your prayers and financial support for Church Matters. Donations may be made directly through our website, at www.mennonitechurch.ca or by mailing your gift to Mennonite Church Canada, 600 Shaftesbury Boulevard, Winnipeg, Manitoba, R3P0M4. My name is Dan Dick. And I'm Janet Plennert. Thanks for joining us. Tune in again at this same time on the third Sunday of each month to hear more about the many ways that church matters. You've been listening to Church Matters, where our prayer is that you will be called, equipped, and sent to be the church in the world today. Go in love, for love alone endures. Go in peace, for peace is a gift of God. Go in safety, for we cannot go where God is not. As you go out from here, 
May the Lord go with you, the face of God shine on you every day. We are sent by God wherever we are living, salt and light as people of the way.